0: You know it well, of course, the theme music from Steven Spielberg's 1975 movie Jaws, starring Rye Scheider and Robert Shaw. It told the story of a great white shark that attacked beach swimmers at the summer resort town of Amity. The shark also ate a helicopter and a boat, which couldn't have been really good for his digestion. Meanwhile, back in the real world, what the movie did of course was ignite our fear of sharks and a false perception that they are killing machines with only humans on the menu. This evening, I meet a lady whose goal is to educate people on the true nature of sharks and how, as cleaners of the oceans, their role in our ecosystem is invaluable. Christina Zanato was born in Italy and raised in the Congo. Her dad was a special forces diver. 29 years ago, she moved to the Bahamas, where she now works as a shark diver and conservationist. In that time, she has gained the trust of sharks who recognize her, allow her to swim in their midst, pet them, and even remove hooks from their mouths. Not surprisingly, she's often referred to as the shark whisperer.
1: I love my sharks. And I start seeing them coming in with these hooks. The hook removal started like anything would start when you love someone. I just wanted to make their lives a little bit better to relieve their pain. With foggy eye, one day she showed up and she had one that was actually inside. I would open her jaw and see the hook. And then a certain moment, I decided to basically stick my hand in and pull the hook out. But then as soon as she came back, she allowed me to pet her. And from that day on became a shark that would just show up on the dive. And all of a sudden I will feel a pressure on my hip and I will turn around and she will be like leaning into me, just stop swimming. This change of personality from before the hook and after the hook uh, was very much a light bulb for me.
0: The Bahamas, or the official name, the Commonwealth of the Bahamas, is an island country within the Lucean Archipelago's land area. The archipelagic state consists of more than 3,000 islands and islets in the Atlantic Ocean and is located north of Cuba and northwest of the island of Hispaniola. The Bahamas became a British crown colony in 1718 when the British clamped down on piracy. The slave trade was abolished by the British in 1807. Slavery in the Bahamas was abolished in 1834. So how many times have you heard people say, Well, if I win the lotto, I will move to or holiday in the Bahamas. People regard it as a paradise and it's even got a paradise island. The capital of the Bahamas is Nassau. So what's it like to live and work here? Well, Christina Zanato should know. She's been here for the past 29 years.
1: It obviously it is a place that is good for me, that I love to be at. Uh, but if people think it's just paradise, it is not. Um, after all, we are a series of islands. And as all islands, we have difficulties sometimes receiving, for example, supplies having a certain variety of access to stores, especially with a job like mine uh, where I'm very technical. I require a lot of gear. I go from cave diving to shark diving. None of that is available on the island. So I always have to plan. Uh, I usually say two is one and one is none. So if I'm down to two things, I start ordering new things because as the time they go away, then it might take two, three weeks to show up back on the island, things like that. But life is easy, much easier in the terms that people are, and is one of the reasons why I decided also to stay here. People are maybe, I don't know how to put this, but they're still very focused on, on life, on the basics of life. And so they're very judgmental in, in the fluff in the superfluous stuff. Oh, your t-shirt is faded. It's going to, yeah, well, yeah, I'm going to work to make a living. (laughs) That kind of mindset, if that makes sense. So there's less of this fluffy worry about appearances or what you drive or what you sport. And it's more about who are you as a person? Are you a decent human being? If you break down on the side of the road people will stop and say do you need help can i help you complete strangers have helped us changing a tire just stopped and helped us with their jack to change a tire so that is a part i love is the people though the kind of life that we have
0: we irish of course are fixated by weather it makes up a large percentage of our conversation the average temperature in the bahamas is 23 to 24 degrees But before you start packing the shorts and t-shirts and booking for the midsummer in the Bahamas, a word of warning. You do not want to be here for their summers, whereas the winters are a different kettle of fish.
1: In the wintertime, especially this island, we can drop down to about 15, 16 degrees. We have some very nice, cool nights. I love this time of year. And then it goes, it doesn't go high, high in the summer. We're talking about maybe 29, 30. What makes the life here in the summer really hard is the humidity. So we have an index humidity of like, 30 degrees. Everything is muggy. You you blink and when you open your eyes and you start sweating, the winters, are very pleasant. The temperatures are in the low 20s, go up in the mid 20s, go down in, you know, maybe the high 10s a night. The summer times to me, they become unbearable. You're extremely hot and humid. But those are all you know things that you kind of like get adjusted to i guess this kind of weather allows allows me to do what i love year round that's for sure and also allows me to have something that i crave a lot which is being outdoors i'm a door kind of person i need uh, fresh air i need sunlight i need movement and so my lifestyle and where i live obviously are perfect for here is it for everyone no not really
0: It's not surprising at all that Christina ended up as a diver and a conservationist. Born in Italy, raised in the Congo, in the midst of wildlife and wild nature, and her father was a special forces diver.
1: I moved back to Italy as a teenager because as soon as I was born, my mom packed me and followed my dad to Africa. My dad was uh, special forces before I was born and even before he met my mom. But he had this beautiful album of images, black and white images of what he did. And it had stories that went with it, with the bountifulness of of the Mediterranean. He still loved the water. He still went compressor diving. And and so I grew up with water. Uh, Fins, masks, snorkel were part of my summer times. Uh, uh, Following my dad as he was uh, freediving and spearing, collecting mollusks and things like that were still part very much of my childhood. So I would say I am from the ocean my family's from the ocean and they took me to the ocean. And on that, it was very privileged, very fortunate. The Africa part is, I think, the one that released more or less the the wild child in me, but also uh, built that relationship with nature in which in Africa, things, things have changed. But back in the day, the locals lived with nature, with dangerous nature. We had mambas, we had gorillas, we had crocodiles, we had hippos, and we had mosquitoes, malaria. I caught malaria twice. But the, la- the, the concept was not destroy everything to make everything safe, because it was impossible. <laughs> you live in the midst of it. It was more about this is how they work. This is how they operate. And these you human beings is how you plant yourself in the middle of it as not to disturb them as not to basically trigger them. And so perhaps this is what forged my mentality is like, there is a a way of coexisting. Sometimes we clash, because I remember there were clashes sometimes, but for the most part, we try to coexist. And that's, I think, the most important lessons I learned from Africa.
0: It was really at a very young age, I would imagine, that you knew or decided that a career in the sea and underneath it was for you.
1: Yes and no. It was a childhood dream to be an underwater scuba ranger who had sharks for friends. My goal was to go around the oceans of the world, tell people what to do, what not to do. I didn't know a job like that existed. I was seven, eight years old when I decided that. But most importantly, my mom will have not have the right to tell me to come out of the water when I had purple lips. Uh, (laughs) 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 But between the childhood dream and, and then the realization of it, there was a big gap. And the big gap was that I had no no reality, no verifications that this actually could be possible. I had very little examples, for example, women in STEM. So I didn't think that diving was a career, that being a scientist in the ocean was a career. I was not exposed to that. But I went for languages. And then when I went for languages, languages brought me back to the ocean and to my profession. So it's very interesting, kind of like circle back. Thanks to the languages, I was able to move to the Bahamas. While I moved to the Bahamas, I increased my diving career. Once I did that, then I did the step into the diving career.
0: Can you remember your first encounter with a shark or sharks?
1: Yes, yeah, it was my first dive. Yeah, I came here on vacation to learn how to scuba dive. I descended on the dive site, which I still go to now, uh, with my instructor trying to figure everything out. Inflation, deflation, buoyancy, I'm flapping around, moving. They gave me too much weight. I kept sinking and floating and sinking and floating. But there were sharks, there were Caribbean reef sharks swimming around. And I remember thinking, what? <laughs> my dad told me that sharks are so difficult to see. They're very shy and they're kind of few and far between. And here I was in the midst of that. So I surfaced and I said, you have sharks? And the answer was kind of like, yeah, dummy, we do have sharks. This is the ocean, you know. It was more like a light bulb. It's like, oh, wow, Uh, wait, scuba diving, sharks, and I speak the languages that this job is asking me to consider. And I was 22, and and I decided to go for it. If you don't launch yourself in your 20s, if you don't say, you know what, I'm going to do that, and then And then you fail. There's nothing lost. If you don't do it at 22, what are you going to do at 50, at 60? So for me, it was very easy to say, you know what? I'm just going to put that planning, that life on hold and give this one a try for a year or two. See how it goes. I actually plan to get the diving out of my system and move back to Italy and continue with my career. I mean, I'm still trying to get the diving out of my system, but
0: one of your objectives is to educate people on the true nature of sharks, rather than the one of a killing machine that most people have this perception of. And I suppose films like Jaws and stupid ones like Sharkzilla and all these have strengthened the belief in people that they are killing machines. So how do you change that?
1: It's a long process. Is usually, uh, it, it, got, it comes in different uh, pockets. Um, the first one, primarily is education and education obviously has reached different uh, means nowadays with the internet. The internet is amazing because you can reach uh, much wider o- audiences, but the problem with the internet is everybody can use it. Uh, same as the good of the internet is everybody can use it. So there's a lot of misinformation that is floating around about sharks as well. But education is my first one through my social media posts, uh, presentations, uh, articles, blogs. So, I have like a wide way of distributing this knowledge. The other one is surfacing the images of people diving with sharks, interacting with sharks, going in the water with all these different species. Uh, we run trips around here, educational trips with tiger sharks, lemons, mm, bull sharks, Caribbean reef sharks, great hammerheads, oceanic white tips. And so, you expose people to that and you expose the audience to say, look, there's people swimming around with these animals. This is their true nature. It's like Africa. This is their nature, which is not the one that the medias have made you believe. There are some rules, very basic rules, very easy rules, but you can happily share the ocean with the sharks in general.
0: It's a Where the Road Takes Me special this evening, and my guest is Christina Zanato, conservationist and diver. Gaining the trust of sharks has allowed her to swim safely with them, pet them, and remove hooks from their mouths. Not surprisingly, she is often referred to as the shark whisperer. Part 2 of this evening's programme awaits you underwater after the break.